Let me get my stuff together. Morning. Okay, everyone, I expect a little more enthusiasm behind that. Everyone got that extra hour, right? So, good morning. All right, yep, nope, you guys aren't with me. I see, I see. So, Pastor Jordan already, he read the scripture for me there. I appreciate it. Lovely introduction. Um, Just so everyone's clear, I am not a professional. I do not do this for a living. I do this because I feel called to. I feel that these words here need to be heard more, and I've been told over and over, I have the gift of gab. In other words, I like to talk and talk over people. So, I feel it's a true blessing to be able to bring you guys a scripture. One of the things I kind of wanted to tie into before we we jump right into that text is, uh, is have any of you ever kind of had a long period of time separated between you and your loved one or even uh, your child going to school, the first first day of school, like, you know, that, that last little hug, that last kiss, those last words you said, be good, don't let me get a phone call, like, you lived in that moment, and you meant what you said, and you wanted that individual here. Or when you left your wife for an extended trip for work or, you know, being a guy in the service, when I left for deployments, I was unfortunate to not have my lovely wife in my life then, but it would have just tore me apart. Those last few things that I was going to say to her would be the last things that she would remember. You know what I'm saying? Everyone kind of tracking with me on that? So th- that last impression, those last few things, you, you want to make them so memorable and affectionate and passionate and just meaningful to someone because you want your impression to be left on them, right? So with that, you know, the, the, the Great Commission, I've been intimidated the last four months to be the one to speak on this passage because I, I give Jordan a hard time. I'm like, hey, man, you, I got you and Derek, and then you got me. It's like first, second, third stringer. Why are you throwing the third stringer on the Great Commission? What the heck, you know? Um, the Great Commission, is, it's Jesus' last earthly message to us, right? That's his last impactful thing he's saying to you, to his disciples. Maybe not directly to us, we weren't there. But to his disciples, what's the last earthly message, that, that, that powerful thing, the last thing, that memorable thing, the Great Commission. So in this command, you know, in the Gospel of Matthew, while Jesus still leads and guides this message, he wants his disciples to remember this as the, the parting command. The final message, he stresses empathetically that it is based upon the authority over everyone and everything and everywhere what this message is. So I'm going to read it one more time just to to kind of, let's let's hear it a second. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So let me kind of be very literal with this. Um, Jesus isn't saying, hey, run outside right now, tell everybody about me, go do it. He's not saying, hey, hurry, go baptize all these people over here, tell them what's going on in the gospel. He's not saying spread the news. He's saying do all of it. Not just one, not just come and gather in church and worship. Don't, don't let it stop there. He's saying, go, gather outside. The church is the body of people, okay? I, I stress this the last time I preached. These are just walls. In fact, a lot of people claim us, hey, this is just a pole barn. We're in a barn. You're all animals. No, I'm just kidding. But um, we're just in a building. This right here, this is our church. This is our community. These are, these, 
these are the people. This is the church. We're the body. You're supposed to go, okay? Go spread the gospel. Go baptize people. Go do it all, all together, not one. Not go and tell somebody, oh, I went to church. It was great. Anthony doesn't know what he's talking about, but I was there. Not, oh, you know, I said a prayer before I ate. Okay, that's cool. What else? What else is going on? So in this series, we've been talking about building our kingdom. Okay, the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of Southern Illinois, Journey Inside. We're talking big picture. What's our role in that kingdom? A lot of people get lost and confused in, well, what am I really supposed to be doing, Anthony? I came to church. I heard Pastor Jordan. I, I worship while Alex played music. I, I said a prayer. I gave my life. I'm a Christian, and I'm a disciple now. Okay. If that's what you would tell me, I would look at you and say, you're wrong. You didn't hear. You weren't worshiping. You're lost. And that sounds very hateful to come from me because who am I, right? I'm not the one that should be saying that to you. But I'm the one that should be saying if, if, if we're Christians, if we're, if we're disciples, if we're discipling, we're building the kingdom. Everybody remembers the, um, the, the great kingdoms of old like uh, Alexander the Great, right? His, his kingdom stretched so far across you know, the Middle East and the Eastern Europe. And he just had this vast kingdom that no one could ever overthrow. And then you think of like, um, what's the movie I'm thinking? Uh, 300, where there was the Persian king who just took over everything, and his kingdom was so big. Have you guys ever sat and thought the size of the kingdom that we are part of? Like, think about it. The word of God has spread through every nation. It's literally from one side of the globe and wraps all the way around and meets it again. There's no kingdom greater in size. But yet, it's still unreached in areas. Yeah, it's been there, but it's came and gone. Why is that? Anyone ever think of that? I know I didn't, so I was preparing this. So in verses 16 and 17, the 11 disciples were, at the mountain, or were there in front of Jesus where they, he directed them. And, I mean, <laughs> I always get hung up on the disciples, like... The 12 last people you would expect to be the ones that are spreading, spreading God's word. Like, if we seen them today, a lot of us, be honest, would probably pull our wallet out and be like, dude, you need a bath. Go, go to the hotel, I'll pay for a room. Or, man, you need some clothes because you look dirty. Like, they're not the ones you expect. They're the most unexpecting, in fact. Um, what, what's great about these uh, 12 disciples, though, that I, that I just love is they're, they're not the religiously trained. They weren't the ones that technically went to seminary and learned everything about it. They, they were walking with. They turned their lives around and followed Christ, period. Cut, point, through, to it. Now, don't get me wrong. Twelve disciples, we've had a little hiccups in those twelve. Some people turned their backs. Some people doubted. But that, that's, that's the thing, 16 and 17, I want to talk about. People doubt Christ at times. Amen? Like, I know that that's not an amen moment. Like, you're like, amen, I don't disagree with God. But have you not ever questioned? Have you doubted in your life? I have. I had a moment um, not too long ago. We had our second child, Miss um, beautiful Elsie May. Uh, she was born and had severe hip dysplasia. She came out, and her legs just, they did not look correct, and they looked very wrong, and it freaked me out and immediately. I went to prayer and said, why are you doing this to me? I am doubtful in you. I have been devoted to you. I am being a disciple. I'm doing all I can with church. Why are you hurting my child? 
I doubted God in that moment, immediately. No second guess, like, oh, this is a learning moment. Oh, he's going to bring me through this. Immediately said, why is my child not healthy? What is wrong with my child? I doubted. But nobody in this room's ever done that, right? <laughs> I, heard, I heard somebody laugh. Everybody has doubted our father once or twice, three, four. Sometimes you doubt him daily. I have moments of weakness, and I doubt. Look how horrible this world has become. Whose fault is that? I'm blaming all of us. If we were true disciples, would we not be the ones that counteract that and help that? Keep the world from falling into the darkness and into the wickedness? Yeah? So, something happened in those lives, though, of those disciples. Maybe it took the crucifixion. Maybe it took the resurrection. Because you can't have one without the other. Talked a while back. Jordan talked on, you know. Could you do this without the cross? Could you do this without the resurrection? No, we needed all of it. We are visual learners. Let's be honest. We're not the brightest. People compare us to apes. Um, but those disciples, they literally were so moved that you had fishermen become missionaries. You had teachers, tax collectors become these men of God who wanted nothing more than to spread the word. And not just spread the word, but spread the, the, the way life is lived through living as Jesus Christ himself, the best way we could and know how. Okay, so what, what, where I get hung up in that is, here it is, we are in here. Jordan tells us every Sunday, Derek has said it before, I have said it once or twice, we need to go be more like Jesus. All right, hey, everybody, benediction, put your hands out. Yep, yep, amen. All right, where are we eating? Where are we going to go eat? All off, yes, they'll be busy. Where are we going? Coughing was a perfect moment for that. Because that's what happens. We're in this moment. And when we hit those doors, we're gone. We disconnect. Now, I'm not saying everybody does it, but I'm saying it happens. I do it. Trust me. You don't get this girlish, lovely, curvy figure without knowing what's for lunch. But a small group of disciples huddling in fear behind locked doors began boldly telling the story of Jesus Christ in the marketplace, public squares even. Why? I suppose you could argue that they were finally buckling down and becoming obedient. They said, you know what? Hey, he came, he went, he rose again. We got to talk about that. I have not, not known anyone else that beat death. Anybody? Talk about it? No? Okay. To me, though, that doesn't sound right. Far better. They could hardly help themselves. They were so overwhelmed by the life that they just saw go and rise again. They were moved by a God who can only do that. No king, no mayor, no president can do these things. No one in this room can do these things. They were literally moved. They were called to become the disciples that they are. They literally took a group of 12, everybody, and made it into this kingdom. 12 people, including Christ, started what it is now we are part of. Look in the room. There's more than 12. Right? I love being up here and everybody just staring at me and nobody wants to talk back to me. I need interaction, guys. I'm sorry. I feed on that. But I'm serious. Look at this. 
12 disciples started where we are today in this kingdom. And I, I don't want people to get caught up in the fact that it's, oh, our church isn't grow or, or Christ isn't being heard and seen because Jordan isn't preaching enough. Jordan isn't talking about the text enough. He, he's not reaching enough. Alex's songs aren't more on point. No, it is us here in this room right now. Thank you. That's what I need right there. It is because we are not going. It's because we are not taking the words we have heard and the words that we have in that thing called the Bible and sharing it with everyone we know. You have that authority. Christ died for you to spread these words. Not for Jordan to go and knock on every door in southern Illinois to tell them about the gospel, but he's equipping you. It is the pastor's job to equip the saints, you all, and myself. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I should honestly be like receiving this as I'm saying it, but I don't think you guys want to stare at my backside the whole time. So I'm out there with you. I have my misgivings and shortcomings and don't do what I should either. But here's what's good. Um, I, I want to reference the scripture real quick. Um, Mark 16, 15, in fact, it, it says, okay, so it's, it's all over in the Bible, right? And he says to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Look at that. It's right there behind me. Check that out. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is where, like, I, I get hung up again, too, guys. I get hung up all the time when I'm reading my Bible. I sit here and I'm like, oh man, he mentioned it to do this this time. He mentions it to do it here. Paul talks about it over there. It's talked about in Matthew. Where are we? How many more times do we have to say it? If you go to work and your boss says, hey, you have a deadline by Friday, you do everything you can to make that happen, right? If you're in school, you got a test, you cram and study and you get it done, make sure you pass that test. Um, (laughs) This book isn't a book of suggestion. And days are coming. It's going to happen. Christ has risen once. He's coming back again. Where are we going to be at? Where is our neighbor going to be at? Where is our brother, sister, our father, our mother who has fell away from faith? Where are they at in their walk? Are you doing everything in your power to bring them back to the light? Are you doing anything in your power to share the gospel? Let's talk about what a disciple truly is and what like a follower is. Because I I think sometimes we, we get hung up and what's one and what's the other? Follower of Christ, okay? Th- th- these are my words. Don't say, oh, Anthony preached on this. This is, this is law. Like, this is legit. He read it from the book. This is not from the Bible. This is just my own idea because I'm not even going to try and make the attempt to define a true disciple. Only he can do that, and we can all sort that out when we meet him. A follower is literally, literally one who follows or comes after another, while a disciple is a person who learns from another, especially one who will then teach others. Okay? Follower, you just kind of, okay, I got I to gotta move my arms, I got to walk. Yeah, okay, I'm following what this person's saying. I give a head nod. A disciple is one that's literally going to sit here. Let's just go to the first 12. They literally took in what Christ was telling them, watched his teachings, and then they applied it the moment he was gone. They applied it while he was still here, but even harder whether he was gone because now they're like, hey, Christ isn't here. <laughs> He's with me in spirit. He's in me. It is my job now to go be that teacher, be that person that teaches everyone else. So they then go too. Because again, reference back, Jordan can only reach us while we're in here. The minute you go out, if we rely on Jordan to knock on each door, maybe gets one today, maybe gets one tomorrow. Yet if everybody in this room goes out, spreads the good news, spreads the gospel. Look at how many more people we have the opportunity to reach. 
this church should be so full that we have to demand we need more seats. It's not. I'm looking at three empty pews in the front. Apparently my breast stinks. Nobody wanted to be up here. Um, One of the things that I want to also mention and kind of look into, evangelism and discipleship, okay? A lot of people look at those and they're like, well, that's the same thing. Evangelism is the spread of the gospel. Meh. Some churches value evangelism more than they they value discipleship. Not saying one way is right, one way is wrong. But evangelism is literally part one, step one, if you would, in discipleship, okay? Evangelism is about getting the message to people and inviting them to repent and be born again, joining our kingdom, okay? The evangelism happens with all of us, okay? You go out and you're spreading that word. You're you're being a disciple of Christ, but you've got to create that evangelism moment. Yeah? No? Maybe? Okay. I'm not going to sit and say that some churches do it right, some churches do it wrong, but we, a lot of people hear the terms mega church. Oh, big church. They got 400 to 10. They got 12 services. Oh, that church is an old country church. They got 10 members. Why are we not in the middle? How many churches do we have around here? Does anybody know? Jordan, do you know off the top of your head? Williamson County, just alone. Too many, maybe? Is there such a thing? Possibly, because if we're in those churches and we're not being disciples and spreading the word and we're just attending a regular building every Sunday and doing nothing other than, what good is that building? It's a hangout. Don't think anywhere in this book will we told to find a place to hang out all the time. Right? So, the how. How are we going to do this? What's the action? What are you going to do? People used to have a basic understanding of church culture in this area because it was, it was you grew up with the Bible Belt thing and all that. Well, that's changed. A lot of people like to label things like, oh, millennials, this, this, or baby boomers, this, that. It, it has a lot to do with where the church failed, if you would. It had a lot to do with where we weren't pushing to get to know the culture around us, to be able to communicate in the way that we know best, to be able to reach everybody. Because I'm going to tell you, again, I told you guys last time I was up here, <laughs> being a follower, being a disciple is where it's at, but it's not easy. Put me back in Bible times and throw me in a lion's den, I'm not going to be excited. Put me up against some seven-foot-two Shaquille O'Neal-looking cat and hand me a rock, I'm not it. <laughs> Big guy, you squish, no. Tell me to step out of a boat, walk on water, I'm going to say, you're crazy. This floats and sinks. But yet, we've got to relearn. We've got to know our area. We've got to know how to communicate with them. We have to explain to them, hey, look, this is Christ. This is the gospel. This is what the main design of God's vision is. His people sharing his word, spreading the news, being part of the kingdom. So I'm going to wrap into the... the kind of towards the middle of this, we've kind of discussed, you know, what is the discipling? What's it like? How do I apply it? What, what am I doing? Um, in his presence, okay, verse 20. Uh, this is one of my, like, this is, it's one of those, like, whoa. To observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Okay. So, I got to kind of use this because I don't want to miss say any of this. 
his presence. First of all, none of us can even imagine. I mean, Cindy, we're talking about this the other day. Like, if, if God himself, Christ himself, like, poof, right here beside me. I, either I'm running because I'm just, like, in all that, that just happened, or I'm passing out and someone's going to have to come up here and catch me. But I'm hoping the same thing's happening to y'all. <laughs> if y'all are okay with someone just, like, appearing, like a spiritual being, or, like, a, if one of Cindy's nice little bushes here just catch fire and starts talking to us and everyone's just kind of sitting there like we are right now, Apparently, y'all know something I don't. Share it with me. Let me walk with you, too. Like, if that's an okay common day thing that happens with y'all. But in his presence, John 12, 26. I, I, I love this because if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We experience him when we go where he is working. Okay, guys? So we experience him when, when we go. We're spreading the news. You're not alone. Somebody's always with you. Christ himself is literally with you. When one or more people gather in his name, he is present. He is present here right now, maybe not in the best of spirits with how I'm delivering this message, but he's with us. We're gathered. We're, we're preaching. We're talking his name. We worship. Like, I was in all, like, I shocked up, probably got a big old sweat armpit look going on because I, I was just feeling worship today. Like, I was jacked. I was excited. So many people, oh, the day's the day, Anthony, I'm preaching. You ready? Am I ready? No, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm not here to be able to spread the word like he did. But am I excited and pumped to try and deliver a message? Oh, yeah. It's happening. Like Kool-Aid to, oh, yeah. Like, I'm pumped. <laughs> and the same time, I'm sitting here, Jordan's probably like, oh, he's not covering any of the notes that we talked about. He is just going on. It happens. I get excited. I'm, I apologize, guys. Um, certainly there is nothing wrong with duty, with obligation, with responsibility. Most Christian congregations wouldn't exist without members who do everything possible to get the bills paid, fill some pews on Sunday, and do a few things to be helpful. First of all, like, shout out to the people in our congregation that are helping all the time. Like, you guys are saints. I don't think everybody realizes all the work that goes into it. Our beautiful, cool-looking welcome center that is looking awesome. I helped a little bit with what you're saying. But, um, like, Alex was just busting his rear the other day knocking it out. Tom, Josie, you guys, literally, like, we could build a church overnight with the two of you. I'm not even concerned about that in a budget. Like, you throw them a meal, like, hey, good job. We love you for this. Like, keep going. But no, like, hats off to you guys. Like, it takes people like you to do that. What scares me, though, sometimes, guys, is in our, in our churches in our area, it, that's where some people feel like they, th- that's their only way they can serve. Oh, I can, I can put TVs up and make a cool-looking welcome area. I can print off the coolest handouts, or I can play the best worship song. That's not, that's not all that we need. We need one another spreading the good news, spreading the gospel. It doesn't just stop there with what we do in this building. As, as much as I love our new welcome center, it's, it's nothing. That doesn't have to be there. It's nice. It's neat. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it, we don't need it. Want and need. We don't need that. I want people welcomed, but I want people going more than they are welcome. That video that we played, um, again, hats off to Alex there. He helped me put that together. Um, my favorite thing is I told Jordan, it's like, dude, could you just imagine, like, we get us a little catapult right here. Oh, yeah, oh, sit. Or, <laughs> I'm spreading the news. There I go. What's sad, though, is we don't do that. A lot of people seem to think to spread the gospel, you, you have to go to Africa. You have to go to 
to, um, I don't know, somewhere else. You have to leave the country. Why is it we've created that, that we have to leave our own area to, to do that? That is very important, and I value it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not belittling that, okay? But I'm saying, why are we not on mission in our local area? Tell me everyone you work with is a believer. Tell me everyone you go to school with is a believer. Everyone you pass by. I'm a one-off, guys. I told Jordan the other day, I was like, why is it so hard for people to talk about the gospel? I'm like, I'm in the grocery store. Someone talking to me gets in my personal bubble. I'm like, all right, let's let's, come on. You know Jesus? What? I I just need the ramen. You heard about the good news, man? You know the gospel? Are you saved? You have a church? Hey, this is where I go to church. Feel free to come. Man, I just wanted those noodles. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm standing in front of them, so you got to talk to me. It's not easy for everybody to, to have those gospel conversations. You know, and some people, it's a lot easier than others, but some, it is a, it's a hard thing. But here's my thing. What happens when people take this Great Commission verse to heart? You see something utterly different. You see congregations I like those, act like those first 12 disciples. They are motivated by love, not obligation. They are filled with gratitude and profound joy. They remember what life was like before surrendering to Jesus Christ. Everybody remembers where you were the day before probably, right? Before you accepted Christ. If you haven't accepted Christ yet, hey, you're going to remember that moment, I promise. You might not know exactly what Jordan was saying or what other, whoever was preaching that day was saying. You may not remember the exact thing, but you felt that spirit just cultivate and just hit your head on to the point to where you wanted to hit your knees or just cry out, God is Lord, Jesus has saved me, I am born and redeemed. You remember that moment, yeah? Yes, okay. Here's my thing. Meditate for a moment on that that mountaintop. There you are. Jesus speaks personally to you, both to challenge you to go and promises you that he will go with you. Your willingness to follow and to carry the good news into the world remains God's only plan. If not you, who? If not now, when? My water's way down there. I'm not going to bend down. I might not get up. Sometimes we worry that we have placed or Christ has placed so much on us and that we're not able to do it, that we can't carry it out because we're not one of those original 12 disciples. Well, you're wrong. By you thinking you're not qualified, you are just slapping the word in the face because he qualified you the day he sent his son to die. He qualified you, all of you. John 14, 15 through 20. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, or and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit, of, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it's neither seen Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you, all of you will see me because I live. You also will live. And in that day, you will know that I am the Father and you are in me and I in you. That is huge, y'all. Like that, I'm excited. I'm yelling. I'm sweating. Like I'm, woo, let's go. But yet I'm, thank you. But yet I'm looking at a crowd of people sitting. What are we doing? When we leave here, what are we doing? I want to hear stories like, man, I ran a red light because I was so excited. No, I'm kidding. Don't run red lights. Byron will get you. Like, I want to hear stories of like, Anthony, I heard something you said. No, you didn't make any sense, but it reached me somehow. I had to go out and tell the good news. I met somebody. I talked about it. 
That's what I want to hear. John Piper. If y'all don't know who Piper is, open a book. I suggest you read something he's wrote or just listen to some of the stuff he's done. We don't go in our own strength. We go in the authority of the one who created and redeemed the world. That is awesome. I kept making jokes. I'm like, that's a tattoo, man. Like, you want to get something wrote on you right there? That's crazy good. Powerful. We go in the authority of the one who has all authority over heaven and earth. Like, what better person to qualify you, really? Or, like, like, mom and dad don't even have that power. Like, we think they do. They don't. So, power is not in the presentation, guys. It doesn't matter how loud you are, how much you move your arms like I do, how much you sweat, how excited you get. It's in the spirit. Thank you. You can literally be a soft-spoken, quiet person and move mountains through Christ. You can literally be someone who just sits and says a prayer and just changes a day for somebody and changes the future life of that individual. You don't got to be like me. You don't got to be up here yelling, acting like you know what's going on because guess what? I don't have it all together. I get excited about these opportunities, yeah. But every one of you have that ability. Remember, I am always with you to the end of age. That part, just that's the part that just grips me. So many Christians feel disconnected from God. I'm convinced that this is due to the failure to pursue Jesus' mission. When we, go in, when we go on his mission, we are walking with him. When we pursue our own agendas... It's not Jesus leaving us or forsaking us. It is literally us straying and turning our backs on him. Think about that. What's keeping us from knowing Jesus and making him known? I got a quick little thing because I'm running out of time that I have some slides. It's, it's called the three circles approach. It's a great way to kind of like to get those conversations going. And it's super fun and easy to use. Awesome. Cool. I don't have it up there. It's over here. So God's design, we've talked about what God's design is, to build the kingdom, right? We all start out in that spot, right? We're all good, we're Christians, we're believers, we're spreading the word, we're dead. No, that's false, we're not in that. We fall into sin, we let outside things control us. Sin then leads us into brokenness. So brokenness, this, this spot I want to sit on, because you guys see these squigglies that are going out to the side? When you're in brokenness, you find ways to help yourself feel better, Right? Oh, advancement at work, more money. If I make more money, everything's better. No, false. Oh, Anthony, me and my wife aren't getting along. She didn't want to lay in bed with me the other day, so I'm finding somebody else who will. Okay, wow. We need to just talk like, or oh, my son's addicted to porn, or my daughter's not wanting to be at church. They don't believe anymore. What's happened? Somewhere in that brokenness, they have found something, these squiggly lines, to fill that void. Guess what? There's only one thing to fill brokenness with. And that would be going into the gospel. Once we go into the gospel, it's going to show us another. Go ahead and go to, thank you, repent and believe. When you go into the gospel and you have someone who has all this brokenness on their heart, in their lives, they can't get things together. They can't live the life that you said that Jesus says they could have. Guess what? Repent and believing leads you into that gospel. Once you're there and you're studying in that gospel and you are ready to be born again and you're ready to live the way life Christ has intended us, that shoots you through recovery and to pursue God's design again. Y'all, <laughs> this is where I get super excited. Like, I want to run out again. How easy. Yet we don't do it. You tell me to log in at this certain time to watch my favorite football team. I am on top of it. I got it set to record this and that. You tell me I have the abilities and the powers within me that Christ bestowed on me to spread the gospel and save lives. 
Well, Michigan plays at this time, so that'll have to wait. It's more important where I'm eating or what I'm doing with my buddies on the weekend rather than having a gospel conversation. And I'm not saying y'all, we all need to change the way we live, but in a sense, we do. It's too easy to just bring on the word, just mention the gospel, just have a conversation based around the Bible. We all have that one person in our life right now that either you want to pray for, you want to talk to, you want to say, hey, wake up, and you want to shake them hard and say, do you not know? Have you not heard? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they haven't heard because what have you said? What have you done? I have people in my life right now that I'm struggling with this, and I can't get through to them, and I don't know how. And I always want to come to Jordan and be like, yeah, you know, hey, maybe one gets by me, and that's okay, right? Like, I'm not an all-star. I don't have a high batting average. Let's be honest. (laughs) How dare me to turn my back on that and make an excuse? How dare me not to try and dive deeper, find the text that's going to reach them? How dare I not live it out in my own way so that they see it? Y'all, you'd be blown away with how people see how you live, and that dictates how they want to believe. Just because you tell them you go to church, that don't mean nothing. How are you acting outside your church? That video at the beginning, I, I just I love that video. It shows everyone marching in to the church and then marching out. And they're going into work. They're going into homes. They're going into businesses. They're going to, to spread the news, not just hold it inside these four walls. In closing, I, I know I got excited. I kind of ran through some stuff, and I jumped on a, another thing and all that. I always say, you know, Jordan, I'm not note-led, I'm spirit-led. So my, my fallback's, you know, Christ led me to this. Um, that's supposed to be funny, sorry. There you go, there you go. Romans 1.16. Too long, I think we've been ashamed to pray in public, to talk about Christ. But Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Why is nobody jumping up and down right now? Do you not agree? I'm so excited, y'all. Like, it, 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 we, we do not have to be ashamed. We don't have to hide our faith. We don't have to be careful on how we say, oh, Christ is king and that's the only way. Because here's the thing, if we are ashamed of that and we're scared of that, guess what we're doing? We're making it acceptable. We're saying, it's okay, condemn God right now, live the life you want to live, but when you're ready, hey, come on in. I'm not saying God's going to turn his back on anybody because he's not. He sent his son, sin is done. But to just willingly not live the life he intended and told us to is just the most upright disrespect in my opinion. Trust me, I've, I've, I lived that life. Like, I, I'm not going to sit and say that I haven't, and you guys are, because I have. I still have, again, I still fall. Prayer is one thing that helps. It helps me. It connects. I don't turn it into a wish list of things I want and need in life, but I turn it into a way to, to talk to my God, talk to my king, community with others who have that same faith, who build you up, who know your problems, who share with you who hurt with you, rejoice with you. Does everybody in this room have that? We have community groups. Anybody not part of a community group, talk to us. We'll get you into one. I promise there's a lot of great ones. People that are in those, they're, they're a little crazy sometimes, but hey, they're fun. 
<laughs> Somebody's like, he's not been to our group. He doesn't know. I hope and pray that today I said something that reached someone. I hope and pray that even if it's not what you needed to hear, that at least I've gave you something to walk out this door with. When you guys do leave, we're going to hand you a couple things. It's going to have the three circles on it. It's going to have a couple cool questions on the back of it. I hope and pray that I just made it easier just for us all to be able to be accepting of her one true king. Not just in here. So get this. Next time I see one of y'all in Sam's Club, you're going to hear me. I'm going to be hey! Jesus is good, right? Yeah, okay. You realize how many of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, Anthony, why would you do that? Go down the aisle. Hurry, he's coming. <laughs> why? I know Rob. Where, where's Rob Landis at? Is he out there somewhere? He's somewhere out there. I know Rob's the guy. Like, if I see him in public, and I'll be like, Rob, hey, God is good, is he not? Yeah, see, there you go. He'll holler back at me because he, he knows. He's not ashamed. Why are some of us? With that, I'm going to close this, wrap my sermon up in just a, a prayer. Just to kind of put over everybody here. Later, before we leave, uh, me and Jordan talked. We're going to do our benediction a little differently. Because, because I think sometimes we all forget that we're all on mission. But right now, I am just going to close in a prayer. And then we'll proceed to the, the rest of the ending of the worship. So if you would, God... Thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your son. God, thank you so much for the words, your teachings, the things you've brought to us to be able to let us live the life in this kingdom of yours. Lord, I pray that somebody's moved today. Lord, I pray that somebody goes home and tells the good news. Lord, I pray that the next Sunday we, we don't have room in this building for people. And all this made possible, Lord, through your great works and your name.